Good day, everyone. This is Reverend Dr. Paul Gibson with the Healthy Marriage, Healthy Family podcast. I apologize for the late delay in getting it posted, but I'm thankful that I'm able to come to you at a later time today. Yesterday, we ended on a heavy note. We talked about the results of sin entering into marriage, and I encouraged you to talk with your spouse regarding which different effect of the fall do you think influences your marriage the most. Well, today we're going to talk about the cross. Thankfully, when the first sin occurred, when sin entered into the garden through Adam and Eve's disobedience, God did not leave Adam and Eve hanging. He almost immediately put into um, place a plan uh, to send the Messiah many years later uh, who would come and down a cross so that we may have our sins forgiven. I want to read to you from Romans three twenty-three through 25 as we wrestle with what does the cross mean uh, to our marriage? Romans three twenty-three. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. I also want to read to you from 2 Corinthians five eighteen through 19 All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. I encourage you to know that the reconciling work of the cross, if claimed by families, and that includes your families, and if claimed by individuals within families, that that reconciling power can overcome shame, It can overcome the projection of blame. It can ease the pain of relationships. And it can reestablish the Eden-like quality within a marriage and family. So yesterday we talked about how shame and blame and a fight for power are are some of the effects of sin uh, in a marriage. Well, I encourage you to know and embrace and believe that the reconciling work of the cross can can overcome those. A few minutes ago I read Romans 3. A passage that many of you, if you are a Christian, are familiar with. And Romans states that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And and what that means is that, in essence, our broken, messy sinfulness will manifest itself in our marriages. But, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned. Romans 3.24 said that we are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So I encourage you to see that the reconciliation of the cross, that the redemption of the cross can penetrate and change and save your marriages. But here's a question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus' death on the cross can reconcile and strengthen your marriage? Now, it all sounds good in theory, right? What does it look like in a practical way for Jesus' death to reconcile and strengthen your marriage? Well, I want to transition and talk about two very important concepts when it comes to being a Christ follower and when it comes to believing in Jesus' power on the cross. And those two concepts are confession and forgiveness. Let me read to you Matthew six twelve. Very familiar prayer. In the middle of the Lord's Prayer, we read, And forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And then in Matthew 18, we read the word, starting with verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, How many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. 
Through the words of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus indicated to his disciples that there was a direct connection between being forgiven and forgiving. Now let me pause. A direct connection between being forgiven and forgiving. That doesn't mean that in order for you to receive salvation, you have to forgive others first. But I think more than anything, it's an imperative, it's a directive, that because you've received the grace of God, because you have had your sins forgiven through the cross, then you are to work, I am to work, we are to work as Christ followers to forgive others. Now, Jesus also believed so much in forgiveness that he told Peter to forgive his brother 77 times. Again, I think that's a a command, an imperative, that in our marriages we are to do the hard work to forgive our spouses. However, before a spouse can forgive another spouse, there must be a willingness to confess any sin that requires forgiveness. James wrote in James 5.16, that we are to confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we may be healed. Here's the thing. We are called to forgive as spouses, but we can't forgive what is not confessed. Unconfessed sin remains hidden sin. Confession is the practice of bringing hidden sin into the light. When we confess our sin to a spouse, we are bringing sin into the light of marriage, and we empower our spouse to practice the forgiveness of of Christ. So here's the formula. Confessing to your spouse and being forgiven by your spouse is how love covers sin within a marriage. And that's the same formula we see on the cross. Scripture says that we can when we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the confession that we are to practice uh, with our spouses, uh, will hopefully be met with forgiveness, and in the process of confessing and forgiving, love covers sin within a marriage. So here's a heavy question, but a beautiful question, a powerful question. What do you need to confess in your marriage? What do you need to forgive in your marriage? Again, if your marriage is a normal marriage, which it is, our broken, messy sinfulness um, manifests itself every day in our marriages which means that at some point confession needs to take place and forgiveness needs to take place. What do you need to confess and what do you need to forgive? This has been a joy this first week to walk through a biblical understanding of marriage. And I hope that this Healthy Marriage, Healthy Podcast, uh, Healthy Marriage, Healthy Family Podcast is benefiting you. I pray that it's benefiting your spouse. And if you have any questions for me, please email me at revdrpaulgibson at gmail.com. R-E-V-D-R-P-A-U-L-G-I-B-S-O-N at gmail.com. This is Healthy Marriage, Healthy Family. I encourage you to think through as we go. What do you need to confess today? What do you need to forgive today? We'll see you back next time.